0: You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. Hi, Josh. Hi, how are you? It's gonna be a different kind of morning. We're gonna try something new today, but we'll get there in just a second. I'm kind of just get everybody back on the same page of what we're talking through. We're talking through this series, we're talking of getting getting over it, right? Dealing with kind of the baggage, the junk of our lives. Um, how do we we overcome these things as we walk with Jesus so we, we don't bring them into new relationships, we don't bring this baggage in to cause other wounding. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking. So the first week, first week we talked about unforgiveness, right? Um, we talked about what unforgiveness turns into as it turns into that bitterness that just harms relationship and um, starts to um, we start to take that wounding into other thing. We start taking on that victim mindset. Um, it just keeps us stuck. Last week we we uh, talked about pride, the big one, right, uh, of the baggage of pride. Hopefully I didn't break my iPad underneath <laughs> here, um, but the baggage of pride. Um, and what does that look like and how does it manifest in our uh, how does it manifest itself in, there we go, uh, you can still hear me, come on people. But we talked about the baggage of, of pride and what does that look like um, as, as we try to deal with those things and we try to not control everything, and we try to create dependence on God and you know we're going to continue uh, in this series into this next week and like we said it's four weeks and this week uh, we're talking about fear. Now, with fear, we call it by a different name today. We've, we've medicalized it. We call it anxiety, right? Uh, we call it this, this anxious spirit that we have inside of us that we're worried about life, we're worried about what's going to happen. Um, but oftentimes, if we, if we give in to that fear, that anxiety, it, we really do freeze in place, right? It, it becomes really difficult for us to take next steps in life and in our relationship with Jesus. And, and we wonder why we're not growing is because we've let fear grip us. We've let it hold on to our our hearts. So that's what we're going to talk about today is as we kind of deal with this baggage um, and try to walk with Jesus and try to overcome what, what he desires us to overcome rather than what we desire to overcome. Fear is kind of a funny thing. When I was a kid, I had this irrational fear of sharks. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear of sharks still exists inside of me. For example, I'm not going to the beach during Discovery's Shark Week because they're going to show off and that's a bad day for everybody. Uh, but I used to have this irrational fear where I'd be in a swimming pool. Yeah, freshwater swimming pool and I'd see a shadow at night and I'm thinking Jaws is about to eat me and I'm going to swim as fast as I possibly can to the, to the edge. I know, it's crazy. Or maybe you're in the bathtub and you know that, minnow, that little mini shark comes out of nowhere out of that bottom and just grabs your foot when you're not paying attention. Or the toilet. Well, oh, let's not even get there. That's terrifying. <laughs> so now that, now that Tony's ruined my, my bathroom habits moving forward, <laughs> we're going to have problems. But as I matured and as I grew, you come to realize, like, sharks don't live in swimming pools. They definitely don't live in toilets and nef- definitely not the bathtub. Sharks are still real. Sharks should be taken seriously. But I'm really not threatened by sharks in my everyday life, right? I live in Colorado. I don't go to the beach that often. When I go to the beach, I'm not going beyond my waist because I'm still scared of sharks. Uh, but like the chances that they're going to get me are, are slim to none. But I, I didn't realize that as a kid. right? It still gripped me. It still held me there and I'd be terrified to go in the ocean. And, uh, terrified to, to get any, anywhere near large bodies of water, whether it could fit a shark or not. And I think oftentimes in our own lives, fear is similar. Though that's a silly illustration, like... Fear does the same thing to us today, that when we mature, we grow out of some of these things, we look back and go, man, that was so irrational. Why did I have grab grab, grab a hold of my heart? And this is what we're going to be talking through today as we look at some verses from Paul and some commands that he gives us, and, and we'll look at uh, our relationship with Jesus in light of those things. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 today. Um, these are relatively famous verses. If you spent any time in the church, you've probably heard them quoted before. Um, when I was a kid, I was a weird child. I had an executive L-shaped desk in my room. I bought it myself because, I don't know, I was strange. I uh, had my computer on there. I also had my files of all the most wanted F- like, of the FBI because I wanted to be a U.S. Marshal and I wanted to chase them. I'm dating myself because it was the movie Fugitive that got me going on that. It was like a <laughs> 90s movie. Uh, but but as I, I, I sat at my table, there, I had this plaque. I don't even know where this plaque came from, but it had Philippians 4.19 on it, and it was in the New Living Translation It said, Um, Don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. And don't forget to thank God for his answers. Um, Something that you repeat to yourself on a pretty regular basis. But I want to read these verses to you today. And this is in the NIV. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And when we do this, verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's that simple. Let's just pray, move on, get over it. But if you've walked with Jesus long enough, there's a good chance that you're like, that doesn't work. Like, I get what Paul's saying. I understand it, but like, I don't think I do it right because it doesn't work for me that way. Like, fear's right back in my face just a few moments later. It's still gripping my heart. It's still. You know, keeping me stuck in this place and I don't take that next step because I'm terrified of the unknown. I'm terrified of what may happen. So why? Well, Paul's not wrong. It's, it's true. The statement's still true through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. But it's how we do that. It's the fostering of relationship at the core of what we're trying to do and to be here at Hill City want to teach you how to foster a relationship. It's not just a simple prayer of like, God, here's what's going on. You know what's going on. You're God. You can see it all. God, will you just take care of this? Will you take this from me? Or right, here's a good one. I'm just going to lay this at your cross, Jesus, and I'm not going to pick it back up. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem to work. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we dig into this topic of pride, or sorry, <laughs> pride. Pride's still on the mind. As we dig in this topic of fear, this is a topic of anxiety, this thing that keeps us from taking those next steps in our relationship with Jesus and in life, um, how do we actually give it to God? How do we actually lean into relationship and with prayer and petition, hand it over and stop worrying about it? Um, But before we get there, I want you to watch this clip. Um, This is a clip from the movie The Chosen. Um, It's an interaction that Jesus has with his disciples, particularly uh, Simon Peter. Um, And then we'll talk about it. Just keep your eyes on me. See, this is what that prayer and petition, this is what that Thanksgiving, this relationship really looks like. It's keep your eyes on Jesus. Because oftentimes when fear shows up, oftentimes it feels like you're in the middle of a storm, that the waves are hitting you over and over and over again. And Here's the struggle with fear and why fear typically shows up in believers' lives. It's because for some reason we believe Uh, Fear comes, I'll say whatever comes up on screen. (laughs) Fear comes from a faulty belief of who we believe God to be. Fear comes from a faulty belief of who we believe God to be. See, there's a reason you're scared. There's a reason that that fear is entered in. And there's something about God you believe that God's not going to intervene for that thing. Or He's not going to do it the way that you thought He was going to do it. It's like Simon Peter in the video saying, but like your own people are desperate. I'm desperate and you're not doing it for me. It's not trusting that he has a greater plan. It's not trusting that he has you in his hands. We just let fear take over. And oftentimes we justify it with with good excuses. Well, I'm scared if it's not going to work out because God didn't do it for me last time. I'm, not, I'm scared it's not going to turn out the way that I thought it to, and God's going to stretch me too far, and I don't think I can handle that. Or it's this fear that starts to grip us and to hold us and to keep us from taking that next step in our relationship with Jesus, that next step of growth. And then we wonder why we get to the end of our lives, we never saw the adventure, the, the, the faith moments. It's because our faith never grew. In the middle of testing, you would fall and fail. And you get the test again, and you fail again. You get the test again, and we fail in faith again. Similar to Simon Peter. And as Jesus ended, and he's saying the same thing to us, I believe, that I have so many great things, hard things, I want you to do. And I'm preparing you for those things right now. But if we don't do the work, we don't foster the relationship, we don't dig into this this piece of, of where peace is always going to live, then yeah, we stay in that cycle. We don't get to experience those next things God has for us because we haven't conquered this thing in front of us. Let's look at, at Psalm 23. The beautiful thing about the Psalms is, for me at least, is it gives me language, it gives me emotion to how I'm feeling. And we're going to dig into some emotion today. And um, we're going to look at, at what a relationship with Jesus should look like and should feel like. So when I am coming into with my fears, I'm giving it at my all. It's not just a prayer that I pray, it's a heart that I give. All right, so if we look at Psalm 23, starting in verse 1, we're going to look at some characteristics of who God is, some faulty thinking that we may be holding on to that's keeping us from fully embracing God jesus but it says this the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he refreshes my soul see the good shepherd god he leads and i think oftentimes we we don't slow down enough to let him lead we see a problem in front of us and we tackle it, right? We talked about this last week. We talked about this with pride. Trying to control these things. Instead of taking a step back and slowing down and saying, God, what do I do next? God, what wisdom do you have for me? And scripture tells us if we ask for wisdom, he freely gives it. Probably not in the way that we expected it. Because we are broken, sinful people. But as he gives it and we follow his lead, things get easier. It's not a matter of of struggling through that, that fear or whatever that piece is. It's, God, here's what's in front of me. It feels enormous to me. I'm terrified of how it may or may not turn out. But God, I trust that you do lead. I trust that you do guide and direct and provide wisdom in my next steps. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, God, that you're in the midst of these things and I can follow you and trust you for that. God leads. Uh, Second part of verse 3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Here's this prayer of, of David. Even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil. If you know anything about David's story, this is King David of Israel. If you know anything about his story, he walked through some pretty dark, terrifying times. At the hands of, of his enemies, at the hands of his own doing. But there's definitely dark moments in his life where he could look at it around him and saw the circumstance and said, I can't do this. But he learned to walk with God. And he believed this truth about God to be true. God protects. God protects. And oftentimes we get off track with God. We don't believe he wants to protect us. We don't believe that that he wants to be that good father that that protects his children. That We we get in this sidetrack. We start to believe these lies from the enemy saying, God doesn't care about you. Now you're in this on your own. Don't you remember that last time? God didn't show up then either. Right? We start to believe these lies and start to believe this to be true of God. And we get to this place where we start to believe that God doesn't. Want to protect us. He doesn't want to save us. And it's not that bad things don't happen in your life. They will. It's part of life. We're still broken. But it's even in the midst of those bad things happening to you that God's still protecting you in the midst of it. Protecting you so you can keep going. Protecting you so you can forgive and move on and not let you sit and wallow in it. God leads. God protects. Second part of verse four. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God comforts. God wants to give you that peace. Even when everything seems to be falling apart, even when everything seems to be going haywire, even when everything doesn't seem to make sense, God wants to give you that peace. But oftentimes we find ourselves in the midst of confusion. And for me, if I'm feeling confused, I know the enemy's on the prowl. Because God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of order. So if I'm feeling confused, there's lies that I'm believing. There's something that the enemy has gotten in, and I'm starting to believe that, that God doesn't want to comfort, that God isn't present, that God doesn't want to lead, that He doesn't want to guide, that He doesn't want to protect And if that's where you're sitting, it's starting to fight against those lies. It's a no, my God is a God of comfort. My God said he wants to give me peace that transcends all understanding. So if I'm not experiencing that in the moment, there's lies that I'm believing that I need to push through and figure out, that I need to come to Jesus with and be like, Jesus, what's that lie that I'm believing? Where's the confusion? Where's the source of this confusion? Just a few weeks ago, I was sitting in my office at home and. Um, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm not really thinking about anything, which is a pretty cool skill to have. Um, and like, I, I physically felt anxious. Like I could feel the physical, like manifestation of anxious, like being anxious. Like my heart is beating faster. I'm like feeling like, like tense and you just, you know, the anxious feeling, right? And here I am in this moment, like, well, God, like this isn't coming from you. Like, I know this can't be coming from you. Like, what, what, where's the source of whatever's going on? Maybe like, maybe God, you're trying to tell me something and I'm missing it, and that's why I'm anxious. Or God, is there, there's a lie that I'm believing that I don't even realize that I'm believing, and that's why I'm anxious, because I generally don't believe I'm thinking about anything right now. And it was in the midst of that, you just realized maybe this is just, this is how the enemy attacks. So there, me, Josh, sitting in his office all by himself, started yelling at demons that may or may not have existed, and in Jesus' name told them to get the heck out. That was weird for me. But here's the crazy thing about it. Those feelings immediately went away. Because God does want to give me peace. Because God does want to comfort. And whether it was the enemy or some lie inside of me, who knows what it was, but in the midst of it, God showed up. And it was no longer. But it's relying on that relationship with God. It's, it's coming back to uh, that relationship over and over and over again. Not just when times are hard. Because the reality is you're going to hit storms and trials. You know what doesn't increase in storms and trials? Your faith. Perseverance increases. You've got to keep going. you got to keep pushing through it. But your faith to believe in greater things, your faith to have greater hope, that doesn't increase in trials. It increases in times of good. So, this is why when when things are great and going on in your life, this is why it's so important to keep fostering a relationship with Jesus so Jesus can build that up in you. So, when the trial comes, you can take it in stride. When the storm shows up, I don't just completely fall apart. But if I'm waiting for trial to, to, you know, from trial to trial to build that in me, it's not going to ever happen. If I don't have that foundation of relationship before I get to the trial, I'm going to fall apart anxiety is going to win fear is going to take over but in the times of good if i'm fostering relationship with jesus in those times if i'm coming to him with all my thoughts and all all my things that are going on that that i'm presenting in, in, in my prayers and my petitions to him in those moments but i'm also asking him what about me god needs to change what are the things or the lies that i'm believing what's the sins that i keep participating in god what needs to change What part of my world view about who you are and and what I believe to be true about you? How do I need to shift those things so I believe what's actually true? God comforts. In verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Not off in the distance, not in safe places, right where you're at. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me excuse me, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The last thing we get sideways with God on oftentimes is God provides. He is a provider. Now it might not be as you expect it to be. It might not be whatever uh, Simon Peter was struggling with in that moment. It might not be exactly that, or at least how he thought the conclusion ends. Oftentimes it is you change. That he doesn't take the storm from you, he just gives you peace in the midst of the storm. The way we find peace in the midst of the storm is we have to change. There's work inside of us that God still wants to do. There's things that he wants us to dig into and and talk about and offer forgiveness and and deal with and, and, and look at the root of whatever those sins are that are holding us back and keeping us in those places. And he wants to have those conversations with us. He wants us to be vulnerable and honest and spend time, all those things that are important to relationship. And as we learn to do these things, we get back to that original verse. When I do these things and I give my prayer and petition and I'm fostering relationship with God, even in the midst of trials, out of trials, that he is my source of peace, regardless of what's going on around us. This is where Hill City's vision comes from. We want to be this. Is, we want to be the place where hope lives. Hope lives inside of us. When we do enough of the work with Jesus, letting him lead that way, that regardless of what life throws out of us, we stand with hope. Because that's what my God does. But if we're not spending time with God, if we're not fostering that relationship with God, if not we're not learning how to trust God, if we're not learning how to follow His lead, when trial shows up, it's going to get really hard really fast. Because when trial gets up, my, my head's spinning. I'm just grabbing at anything at that point. Instead of Jesus. But if I already have the foundation in place... And I've already fostered and built that relationship. Of course, my natural response when I start to feel the fear, when I start to feel the anxiety is going back to Jesus. Jesus, is what I'm thinking right now. I don't know where this fear exactly comes from, but this is, this is where I think it's coming from. And as he prompts me to talk about other things, let's talk about those other things and, and dig into the roots of this stuff. Let's pull back the onion and find the actual core. Stop trying to treat the symptoms of what's going on and try to deal with the issue of what's going on. But it comes to us fostering relationship with God, talking with God. As we're we're reading his word, it's not just a task or a book to be read, but it's an opportunity and a jumping off point to have conversation. That when I'm praying, it's not just a a list of prayers that I want to work through and make sure I pray for this person and that person. Oh, and that person's sick. Let me pray for those things. Those aren't necessarily bad things, but that's not relationship. That's not where the source of that peace that transcends all understanding is going to be found. Those are just tasks to be completed. And we want to get the core of what God is trying to do for us in relationship as He shifts and He changes our heart. See, in fearful situations that you may be facing right now, put down that baggage of fear and trust God to be the good shepherd as he leads, as he protects, as he provides, and as he comforts you. We're going to try something a little bit different for the rest of the service here. We're going to talk to God. Crazy thing in the church, right? But we're going to talk to God individually. <clears throat> so I'm going to lead you guys through a guided prayer. And I just want you to spend some time with God. I'm going to prompt you with a question or two. And I just want you to talk to God with those things. Now, this may feel awkward for you. may not be something you typically practice. That's 100% normal. But lean into it anyways. Like you're like, well, I don't know what to say next. That's fine. Sit there quietly with him. But my guess, as we go into this time, God's going to prompt some conversation. He's going to prompt situations that have happened. Things that you may be holding on to that he wants to talk about. Lies that you've been believing that's holding you in that place of anxiety and fear. So as we work through these things, I I encourage you, if you need to get away, stand up, walk around. This time is yours to spend with God. I have three different prompts I'll give you, and then I'll give you time to spend time with Jesus. If you forget what the prompt is, we'll put that one prompt on the screen, and we'll just work through this together. But this is, we're going to read through uh, Psalms 39. 39. And I'm going to read these verses I'm going to give you a prompt and I encourage you to spend some time with God asking this question to him. Verse one. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. And God, that's what we desire for you to do today. Search our hearts. God, the ways that aren't of you, the lies we're believing, God, let this moment be a moment that we get to encounter you, that we get more of you. God, that we realize some things we need to deal with with you. God, we believe, the lies we're believing about you, you start to destroy those lies. Search us, God, and know us. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And here's your prompt to ask God, and I would start the conversation. God, where am I believing that where am I not believing? Sorry that you, uh, you don't know me best, and you don't know what's best for me. And the second question to all these things is going to be why. And the third question is going to be, what am I? What do I need to do about it? So God, where in my life? Nope, go back. God, where in my life? Nope, sorry, go back to the first one. Sorry. There we go. God, where am I not? Where am I not? Yeah. Where am I not believing that you know me best and you know what's best for me? That's five a.m. English. Leave me alone. <laughs> Spend some time with God. Whatever God's speaking to you, whatever He's revealing to you, this is just the beginning. Just because I've identified the problem doesn't mean the problem has dealt with itself. Write these things down and keep coming back to God and talking through these questions. Asking Him why? Why do I not believe this to be true of you? What's my first step of getting out of it? And follow His lead as he provides, as he comforts. Let's keep going. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there you will guide me your right hand will hold me fast if i say surely the darkness will hide me and the light and the light becomes night around me even the darkness will be not dark will be, will not be dark to you and the night will shine like day and the darkness is as light here's your prompt God, where in my life am I believing a lie that you're not in that situation? Where in my life am I believing a lie that you're not in that situation? When God identifies that lie for you or that situation in your life that you don't think he's involved in, the question then becomes, God, why do I do this? Why do I believe the lie? And God, what's the truth that I can use to combat that lie? Write those lies down. Identify them step one. We keep talking to God through these things. Don't let Sunday be the only time you're talking to God or around God's people. We'll keep going. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you, and when I was made in the secret place, When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber all the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still, I'm, Still with you. Here's the prompt God, where in my life life, am I not seeking your wisdom, your thoughts, your ways? God, where in my life am I not seeking your wisdom, your thoughts, your ways? And as God reveals those areas of your life where you're trying to do it on your own, trying to do it without his help, no matter how small or how big, write those things down, keep that conversation going with God. And David ends with this. Search me, God, and know my heart. God's going to know your heart you need to spend time with him. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Talk to him about those things that scare you, those, those things that grip your, your, your heart, that hold you back. See if there's any inf- offensive way in me. God, what sin is causing destruction in my life and in the lives of those around me? And lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me back to you, to your ways. Now, that may be awkward for you. That may have been a moment you haven't spent time with God for an extended period of time. I think it was 10 minutes. And hopefully we've we've practiced some things here today that we can continue to practice. Then we find our place, where we find these places in our life where the storm is taking over, where Fear is being thrown at us. That we come back to this place, Jesus. We come back to this relationship. We let it all out. We talk through all these things and all these different angles and we let Him lead us through it. So we can lead, we can lead a life as Paul commanded us to. Don't be anxious about anything. And because I do this life with Jesus, In every situation, by prayer, petition, thanksgiving, I present my requests to God. And as I do this life with Jesus and hand Him the reins of my life and the fears of my life, and I follow His lead, I can find this peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father God, God, don't let these conversations stop. God, if it's on the drive home today or the next moment that we're alone, God, in those moments, let this conversation continue. God, if I'm looking at my schedule and I'm just too busy, God, give me the courage to cut out time to have these conversations with you. God, and if we're in a season where things are going well, God, give us the discipline to spend that time with you day in and day out to prepare us for the next storm. And God, when fear shows up, when anxiety grips us, God, remind us to turn back to you. Remind us to talk with you, to let it all out with you, to be vulnerable with you, to get to the root of what's going on with you. God, and bring truth. God, bring truth that only comes from you into our lives that we can hold on to. That you love us. That you care for us. That you went to the cross to die for us, to restore our relationship with you. God, that you comfort us, that you give us peace. And God, in this life, there's nothing too small that you don't want to lead us through. And there's nothing too big that you're not able to handle. So, Father, give us that wisdom. Teach us to follow your lead. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. Uh, tomorrow, we we start a, a course here at Hill City, kind of our first attempt at this. Um, we're calling Overview of the New Testament. Um, I highly encourage you to come hang out with us. It's 630. Uh, here at the building I'm um, provide snacks and those kinds of things um, but if you ever if you ever had a moment where you're reading scripture like this doesn't make any sense how the heck do you apply this to my life like how do I how do I take these things that are written 2000 years ago and how do they have any impact on my life today and how do I actually foster a relationship with God in the midst of these things this is the things we're going to cover We're going to talk through just an overview or a survey of of what uh, Scripture is and how does it structure itself and what certain parts apply uh, to your life in certain ways and other parts apply to your life in different ways. And hopefully we're going to give you the tools um, to see uh, some real fruit in your time with Jesus as you spend time with Him uh, building those relationships. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.